the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Remembering times he had escaped temptation, Charles Spurgeon said he felt as grateful as a man who'd nearly been torn apart by a shark and had just slipped away as he heard the monster close his mouth with a snap. Obviously, Spurgeon saw temptation as nothing to play with, and neither should you. But how do you keep the teeth of temptation from clamping down, tearing at your mind, and doing spiritual damage to your soul? For practical biblical strategies that will help you uproot any sin, stay here today on Grace to You Weekend as John MacArthur shows you how to deal with private sins. Keep in mind, John originally taught today's lesson in chapel at the Master's University, showing a thousand young people how to prepare for the lifelong battle against sin. But no matter your age, the principles still apply. So follow along as John begins the lesson. Nobody on this planet knows what's in my heart. Nobody. And nobody can hold me accountable there. That is where the battle is won or lost. And if you're losing it there, you're going to lose it on the outside because you can't keep the lid on that. Turn to James. James 1, verse 14. Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by what? Say it. His own lust. That's the problem. It's not about what's outside. It's about what's inside. Five people could see the same image and have five different reactions to that image. Five people can hear the same conversation and have five different responses. It's about what's on the inside. Temptation takes place on the inside when you're carried away. You know, it just puts a hook in your nose and drags you off like a slave. And then, verse 15, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to what? Sin. You know, you conceive it in your mind and it'll be born in your life. And in the end, it's deadly stuff. Verse 15 says it brings forth death, and that's why verse 16 says, so don't be deceived, my beloved brother. Don't be deceived into thinking that you can cultivate in your heart evil thoughts and things like that and not have it affect your life in manifest sin and perhaps even death. So you have to win the battle inside. Let me just kind of, let me get a little more diagnostic, okay? Let's go inside, and, and let's, let me just give you some categories to think about. Through the years, I've, I've tried to reduce this to something that we can kind of manage. Let me see if I can refine it a little bit today. The first thing that's troublesome on the inside is past sin. Past sin. We like to think that um, one of the blessings that God has given us is a good memory. <laughs> you know, there are many times I thank God for a bad memory. Can you understand that? There's so much stuff. In fact, most of the things that I've heard in my life and seen, I would like to forget, wouldn't you? 
I remember talking to a guy one time who had married a beautiful Christian girl, and before he was a Christian, he lived a really wild life, full of immorality. And it was just soon after his honeymoon, and he had married this pure, beautiful Christian girl. And I said, well, did you have a wonderful time on your honeymoon? Just kind of off-the-cuff question, making conversation. Turned out to be pretty profound. He said, no. No. And I said, why? He said, because I just kept thinking of all the past sexual experiences, and I couldn't, I just couldn't keep my mind pure with his own wife on his own honeymoon. It's recycling the past. Young people, at this point in your life, you're filling up your memory bank. And I'll promise you this, that if you stick stuff in there that's sinful, Satan is really good at recycling that stuff. It isn't just when you did it. It comes back. Just like the images of those videos you shouldn't have seen, the images on the Internet you shouldn't have seen, the movies you shouldn't have seen, the lyrics to the songs you shouldn't have heard, the, the images that were vividly portrayed in your mind when you were reading something you shouldn't read doesn't go away. It makes vivid, vivid memories, particularly if you're sitting in a theater watching people doing things they ought not to be doing, and they're 25 feet high in full color. Tough images to forget. What happens is you, you cherish the memory of past sins. And that's why David said this. <laughs> David said to God in Psalm 25, 7, do not remember the sins of my youth. What was he doing? He was saying, God, would you please forget what I can't? I can't forget it. In Ezekiel 23, the Lord condemned uh, Israel. And uh, the way he did it, why, he compared Israel to a harlot, prostitute, named Oholibah. And this is what he said about the harlot that was analogous to Israel. Quote, Ezekiel 23, 19. She multiplied her harlotries. In other words, she was just engaged in multiplied prostitution. How? How did she multiply her harlotry? Listen to this. By remembering the days of her youth when she played the harlot. In other words, she says Israel is like a harlot who gets old. And all she's got is a lifetime of harlotry to remember. And that's Israel. Israel is plagued by the memory of all its youth and all the harlotry. Satan will take the garbage of your past, and you don't have much of a past yet, so protect your past by protecting your present, because you're going to always live with that past in the background, potentially to be cycled. And some of you know exactly what I mean. You, you engage in a sin at some point. You can actually have that sin come to mind. You can accept the temptation, move into the lust, and savor again that lustful, sinful experience by just recycling it in your mind. Certainly that's what Jesus had in mind, in part when he said, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery in your heart. And not just once, but every time you recycle that. So that's the past, and you need to protect it. And then there's the future. You know, your mind not only wants to sin in the past, but it wants to sin in the future, too. It's really amazing. It not only wants to reach back and recycle all the garbage of the past, but it wants to invent sin for the future. Psalm 36 is so insightful. Listen to what it says. He plans wickedness in his bed. Woo. Huh. 
you're thinking about a person that you haven't done something with, but you're thinking about what would it be like if you did it. You're literally sinning on a future level, planning to do evil. We would call it premeditated sin, wouldn't we? So, you know, your mind is a, your mind is a frightening thing. So you, you've got to grapple with the sins of the past to get recycled, and you've got all of the plans for the sins in the future that you allow yourself to indulge in. Those things, both directions, get stimulated by things you read, things you see, etc. Sometimes those thoughts aren't just about lust. Sometimes those thoughts are about anger. You're sitting on your bed figuring how you're going to get back at your teacher that gave you a C. You're sitting on your bed thinking about how you're going to get back at the guy that uh, undercut you in a certain situation. You're thinking about uh, how you're going to fulfill your greed or your envy by stealing something, how you're going to elevate yourself in a certain environment. It's a sin of pride. And you haven't really done it, but you're plotting it, and the plotting itself is sin. So you have to deal with sins that are directed toward the past and sins that are directed toward the, the future as you devise them. And then, of course, in the middle is the present sin in your mind. And this is James. One, this is the fantasy world of the mind. The Bible calls this the imagination. In uh, Genesis 6, 5, it says that God looked down on the world and all He ever saw was that all the imagination of their heart was only evil continually. Sin is about the imagination. It's about fantasies. It's about looking and lusting. It's about, like Proverbs 24, 9 says, the thought of foolishness is sin. Just the thought of some disobedience, of some iniquity, just the thought is sin. Just the thought. And that's why, why you go back to what I read you in James 1. Sin is conceived in that fantasizing, in that imagining. So, I mean, we're, just, we're still diagnosing the issue here. And, the battle has to be won inside, in the mind, in the conscience, in the heart. That's why David said, create in me a clean what? Heart. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Just do the work on the inside. The work has to go down inside and be done there. So I'm just trying to give you the focus, young people. That's where the battle has to be won. And if you're losing it there, you know what you need to do. Let me give you some steps. Confess and forsake any sin that is secret sin. I'm talking practical, on your face, on your knees, explicit. Say the words to the Lord. If nobody's around, say them out loud and confess and forsake any sin or pattern of sin that is inside that nobody knows about. Isaiah 55, 7, let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man Forsake his thoughts. Forsake those thoughts. And you start by confessing. Hack Agag to pieces. Don't let him live. The Old Testament analogy from 1 Samuel 15, they let the king live that God said to kill. And so he came back and he came back and he came back. And every time he came back, he was destructive again. And God says, why didn't you kill him when I told you to kill him? Well, when you find the sins that are there, hack Agag to pieces. Second, do not expose yourself to evil attractions. Guard what you see. 
I'm not talking about a glimpse or a glance. I'm talking about guard what you look at and absorb. And another element is um, feed on the Word of God. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin. You know, it's amazing when you're, you're saturated with the Word of God, how fast that puts the brakes on things. That's what the Bible means when it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, which is the same as being filled with the Spirit, exactly. You're filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit when the Word of God dominates your thinking. Feed on the Word. Feed on the Word. I mean, I, I can tell you this, it's as simple as this. The output of your life is in direct proportion to the intake of Scripture truth. And I'm talking about the honest, heartfelt intake. So start on the negative, confess and forsake the sin, be specific. If there are patterns of sin in your private, secret life that nobody knows about, you bring those before the Lord, confess and forsake those things. And then avoid evil attractions, anything that incites sin. I mean, for some people, just don't keep getting catalogs of stuff that you don't need but that generates discontent. I mean, there's a, mi a million ways you can approach that. Feed on the Word of God, and then I think Philippians 4.8, think on righteous things. I mean, that's about as practical as it gets. Think on righteous things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation. I mean, if there is such a thing as excellence, and there is, if there is such a thing as being worthy of praise, then let your mind dwell on those things. Find praiseworthy things, spiritually excellent things, things that honor God. One other practical thing, cultivate loving the Lord. Cultivate loving the Lord. I would say from just from my human viewpoint, the, um, the single greatest influence on my life through the years has been my study of Jesus Christ. Whether um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, I went through the book of Hebrews, which exalts Jesus Christ in absolutely overwhelming and magnificent ways. I have gone through the book of Colossians several times in my life, and that too is an exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most glorious experiences I've had is twice to go through the book of Revelation, to teach it twice and complete, completely, and then to write two-volume commentary on the book of Revelation as well. I suppose if you added up the 35 years of ministry, maybe 25 of those years I have been dealing pretty directly with Jesus Christ. And in the rest of the epistles, like the book of Romans, you're dealing indirectly in Galatians, indirectly in the Thessalonian epistles and, and the other epistles as well. But I really believe the single greatest contributor to the way my spiritual inner man functions is my love for Jesus Christ. Every passage, and I, I don't know if you detect this, if you hear me preach on, uh, on the Gospels, I, I literally 
I literally find myself thrilled at the process of learning more about Jesus Christ. Every passage in the Gospels, now, of course, in Luke, every passage just unfolds His beauty and His majesty and His glory. And I mean, it's taken me to a point where more than most people by far, because, I mean, who does this? You know, normal people don't spend their whole life studying all week long for decades, so they don't have the opportunity to go as deeply into the things of Christ as I do. But I will tell you this, that the most controlling feature of my life is the love that I have for Jesus Christ. And it's not some sentimental thing. It's not some schmaltzy kind of weepy thing uh, induced by some emotion. It is this this reality of who He is and the glory and the wonder of His person and what He's done and how He loved me enough to give His life for me and how uh, he, I was chosen in Him before the foundation of the world that I might be made into His image to dwell in His presence forever and ever and reflect that image and all that goes in between, all of the characteristics of Christ, the, the wonder of His meekness and gentleness and yet His strength and the perfect combination of grace and glory and, and justice and tenderness, and you see it unfold on every page of the Scriptures. And to me, that is the single greatest contributor to the victory inside, is that I have a hard time with the idea that the Lord Jesus Christ would be disappointed with me. I, I don't want you to be disappointed with me. I can kind of control that on the outside. I don't want my wife and kids to be disappointed with me. I could control that on the outside. I don't want Jesus to be disappointed with me, and He knows my heart. And I'm like Peter. I'm saying, Lord, I love you. I'm telling you I love you. I know what it looks like, but I still love you. And then Peter finally says, you remember, Lord, you know my heart. You know I love you. John 21. And Jesus responded by saying, feed my sheep. I know you love me, Peter. That to me... When it's all said and done, it's where the battle is won. So get to know your Savior. Christian people sit in churches all over the world all their life and have only a superficial knowledge of Christ, which takes away, from my standpoint, the most powerful, powerful motive for holiness. That's Grace to You Weekend with John MacArthur. He's president of the Master's University and Seminary in the Los Angeles area. The title of his lesson today, Dealing with Private Sins. John, this battle against sin that we're all waging, a practical question about that. How do believers arm themselves for the battle? What does it look like on a day-to-day basis to wage war against sin in my own flesh? Well, I think uh, it, it is really a battle in the mind. I mean, the Bible talks about watchfulness and vigilance and all of that, and that assumes that you've got to be looking around to see what's coming at you. And watchfulness is a biblical concept. The Puritans made much of watchfulness. Uh, uh, we don't talk about that very much in yeah. terms of sanctification, but vigilance and watchfulness, you know, looking at what's going on around you, um, avoiding those kinds of places that, and those kinds of people and those kinds of occasions and forms of entertainment, whatever it is, that become um, landing points for temptation and sin. But I think apart from the looking out, I, I think really the whole matter of sanctification 
is all about your mind. It's what's going on in your mind. And, of course, the Bible says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Hmm. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever's occupying your thoughts is defining your life. And with that said, Jesus' words become very, very clear. He said in his prayer to the Father, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. So the key is the word of God. Those are the words of Jesus. The word is what sanctifies us. Simply stated, when you're thinking about the Lord, when you're thinking about God, when you're thinking about the Word of God and all that the Bible teaches, and your your mind is set on what is true and pure and just and good, as the Apostle Paul says, or when your affections are set on things above and not on things on the earth, that is the frame of mind in which God, through His Holy Spirit, does His sanctifying work. So thinking about the Word all the time is critical. Your thoughts need to be biblical at all times, in the Word, constantly, and not just um, not just superficially, but with some depth. And I would like to make a suggestion to you. We uh, are talking recently about a very kind of interesting milestone. Twenty years ago, the MacArthur Study Bible came out. We have some MacArthur Study Bible 20th anniversary editions. This is a great tool to fill your mind constantly with the Word of God. It is a condensed commentary on Scripture embedded in every page. The Bible text, New King James Version, at the bottom of each page, explanation of the text itself. This is a single-book library, and to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the Study Bible, we, we begin to produce this special edition. We'd love to get one to you. The Bible, along with um, all of our resources, is available at 25% off the regular price. But you need to get the MacArthur Study Bible, and it needs to be your daily tool. It'll feed you the Word of God, and that's critical to your sanctification. Reasonably priced, available, as I said, 25% off. Order today. If you'd like to get the Study Bible for yourself or for a loved one, make sure you order this weekend. Again, to get your copy of the MacArthur Study Bible 20th Anniversary Edition, And to take advantage of the 25% discount, make sure you contact us today. You need to order online at gty.org. During the sale, the 20th Anniversary Study Bible is available for a special price in deluxe hardcover. And shipping is free. Again, you'll want to order today when you visit our website, gty.org. And with just a few hours left in our summer sale... Let me mention a few more items available at 25% off the regular price. You can purchase any audio series or John's books, and that includes titles like The Gospel According to God or Saved Without a Doubt. You could also pick up a volume in the MacArthur New Testament Commentary series. Again, to take advantage of this sale, go to gty.org this weekend. Our website, one more time, gty.org. And now, for John MacArthur, I'm Phil Johnson. Keep in mind, you can watch Grace to You television Sundays on DirecTV, Channel 378. And then be back here for our next broadcast. John will launch a study that will show you, no matter what your circumstances are, how you can best serve the church. It's titled, Revolutionary Living in a Dark Culture. It starts next week with another 30 minutes of unleashing God's truth, one verse at a time, on Grace to You Weekend. What is 
probate. Probate is the legal process of settling a person's final affairs by ensuring creditors' claims are addressed and the individual's assets are distributed to the proper persons. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. I share your values. I would like to assist you with the process of preparing estate planning documents that state your wishes so that in the event of your death or disability, your wishes are clearly stated, personalized for your situation. After you have lost a loved one, I can help you through the probate process from start to finish. Call me, Karen Eastry, 407-869-0900 to discuss ways I can assist so that if you die or are sick or disabled, your wishes are honored and your loved ones protected. Let me help. I'm Karen Eastry. That's E-S-T-R-Y, attorney, 407-869-0900 or go online to altamontlaw.com, offices, Altamont Springs. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Kevin Picorni. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design right here, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.